0: Hello and welcome, I'm Alan Hargraves and this is Recharge On Air. This week I'd like to look at a different perspective on luck. I often wonder, are successful people right or lucky or are they both? I remember in the mid-1980s, the, the Nobel Prize winning finance professor, William Sharpe, he addressed the Hong Kong Society of Securities Analysts, I was a member. Sharpe was one of our heroes, having developed the Capital Asset Pricing Model or CAPM, Cap'em. We don't need to go into that right here, but for investment geeks, Kappa moves right up there with sex. Anyhow, the professor that night went on to tell us that it was impossible to consistently beat the market. Now, not everyone was happy with this. We admired the mathematics behind his models. That gave us a stamp approval of science. But the idea that we couldn't beat the market, well, that was less easy to digest. Our job was, after all, to come up with market-beating ideas. And of course, we all thought we were pretty smart. And then someone asked, How do you explain the track record, Professor, of a particular fund manager? And from memory, I think he was referring to Peter Lynch of Fidelity, who had been consistently beating the market. Well, Sharp responded by proposing a simple exercise. He reassured us we were all smart and that we would all toss a coin. Those with tails, roughly 50% of us, would leave the room. And then we'd do it again and again until one person was left. That person, said Sharp, was Peter Lynch. Now that's been demonstrated many times since. We can't help but notice that often the smartest guys in the room don't always get it right. And it's not simply the law of averages. You can get wrong-footed by a market, but you can also get right-footed. A decade later, another Nobel laureate, a colleague of Sharpe's, Myron Scholes, very famous man, he developed models which were even sexier than those developed by Professor Sharpe. Now, Scholes launched a fully hedged bond fund that could not fail. And when it did, it took a multi-billion dollar bailout to avoid a viral financial disaster. Now, both Lynch and Scholes were smart people. They were good at what they did, but markets went right for one and wrong for the other. That's why a chart that's in this week's blog is so interesting. It's from Dennis and Hamling, uh, an analyst with First Samuel. It's very simple. It assumes that changes in the value of shares reflect changes in earnings per share. Well, now that makes sense. If earnings go up, so will the share price. Add the dividend and you get the total return. Now, this applies to all markets. But in that chart, uh, he uses Australia as an example where EPS, earnings per share, has grown on average at 8% per annum over the long term. The dividend yield has been about 4%. Now, if that's right, then total return should rise around about 12% a year on average. Well, that's what the chart shows. That's what happens. There's a straight line that equals 12%, but the total return line goes up above that line, drops back sharply below it, but invariably it reverts to that mean. And that's what actually generates value over time. Next time you see a smart person going better than the rest, acknowledge they're smart and probably their hard work. But remember, they may also have been right-footed. Too often, we see only the downside as an aberration. In reality, often so is the upside. Real value comes from sustaining earnings through both. If you can do that, it means that when it comes to a business investment decision you have the luxury of choosing your preferred aberration, whether it's time to sell a business or alternatively to invest in one. I'm Alan Hargraves. This has been Recharge On Air. Thank you for listening.